You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to the show. I'm Jay Mack in St. Louis in my subterranean refuge. And this is Sam Wade out in uh, Los Angeles, California. This is two tape decks and a mixing board. Great show planned for you guys. We're getting a little heady this week. Little spacey, little cosmic, I guess you could even say. Oh, I like the uh, the sound of that, J-Mac. If you, would like that to, if you would like to look us up on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash two tape decks. Also go to two tape decks.com for all the goodies of the show. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Bunch of places. Just look us up. So we are talking this evening, Sam, Mr. Wade, about places that retain memories of the things that have happened there. Some call it... Wait, wait, what? Some call it like vibrations, good vibrations, bad vibrations. Say something happens in a location, a house, a field, a forest, a castle, a recording studio. <laughs> they leave their imprint... Some people believe anyway, and I'm, I'm, as I get older, I'm starting to believe more and more that events that happen in places, especially more like, I'm not talking about like you're doing your laundry and there's like a laundry vibe in the room. Right. I'm, I'm talking about dramatic events or meaningful things, whether good or bad happen, leave their imprint or their vibrations on a place. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Um, well, I am definitely... Um a skeptic about a lot of things, but I do leave a lot of room open to, um, to learn about these things. Um, because I feel like I've had moments in my life where this stuff, you know, there's something that you can't quite explain. Um, so I'm open to it. I think it, it'll be a re- really interesting to talk about that. Actually, it's a good idea. Well, let's start off at a place, a dramatic place in history that we've both been to in We've both been to Chichen Itza in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, Mexico. I got it right this time. I'll let it, I'll edit all that other out. People won't even hear me mess up. Well, wow, that's kind of funny to leave in. <laughs> well, and no, you, you no. got to admit, there's some pretty dramatic things, human sacrifice and things that happened there. We've both been there. Why well, do- I mean, just to put it in context for people, too, this is like, this is a Mayan city. Yeah. Right? So when we talk about like human sacrifices, you got to think of like, you know, Apocalypto and, and that, that film or, you know, like you see like with the feathers on their hats and are on their, on their head pieces and they're, you know, are they like cutting out the heart? And like, I mean, this is like some serious stuff that used to happen at these places, right? It's grisly. It's grisly. And I went to the sacred cenote, which is for those of you not familiar with it, it was the cenote is like a sinkhole. It's like a natural well that forms in the limestone, and they would take virgins, presumably. I don't know how they knew they were virgins. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, they would throw them. I don't think they would kill them before. I think they would just throw them in, and they would drown in this sacred well, which was where the gods in the underworld allegedly resided. And I stood at the like the altar. The, the place right where they, they it was kind of roped off I'll, I guess I'll post a picture on our Facebook page yeah that would be cool to see and I got I, t- I didn't see the cenote when I was there it's a long walk from El Castillo the big castle in the middle yeah the one that everybody recognizes the big pyramid there, right yeah and I guess I guess I would say I didn't feel 
so much the heebie-jeebies, but I felt the weight of history in that place. I felt, I don't know, if hundreds or maybe thousands of people have died there, it was kind of heavy, but it, it was not in a way of like a murder scene. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was, it just, it, I felt the weight of history there. That's the vibe I got from there. But you also went to the castle. What did you feel? Well, so when you say you felt the weight of history, I totally understand what you mean by that. Um, because, you know, aside from the uh, the kind of um, fantastic part of the whole thing, like with human sacrifices, there was a lot of things and achievements um, in society that happened in this place. Like yes. this wasn't just like uh, an, an altar where they sacrificed. I mean, this was a city that had many buildings. Um, they had, uh, there, they, there used to be dwelling places there and there would be thousands. I, I, I don't remember exactly what the number of people here, but it was an enormous amount of people that lived in community with this place. They even had, um, uh, an observatory for, uh, astronomy that has a dome shaped building so that they could observe the stars through it. Right. Like it's yeah. the, there's a lot of, you know, people lived their lives at this place. And I'm sure um, in a lot of ways did similar things that we did, you know, have conversations, you know, maybe have a concert, um, maybe hang out with their friends and play a game. In fact, they they had that ball court there. Did yep. you, you go and see that when you were yeah. there? Yeah. It, and maybe it has to do with the fact of how long ago these things happened. And maybe that's why the vibrations or the the vibe or the the, the memory wasn't as strong. But I got to tell you, when I stood in the ball court, I started to get the little EBGBs because that was more. You were standing literally where people fought yeah. for their lives. Well, and you know what's interesting about the ball court too is that that's a game that um, that was played in several locations all through Mesoamerica. Yes, the Aztecs played it. The Aztecs played it. There's even records of a similar type game going up into you know parts of what's now the United States. So I thought that was really interesting that all these things could like. Uh, converge to this one spot and they had this like ball court it's crazy too when you clap your hands in the ball court or like you know make a make a noise with your mouth you can you can uh you can hear it like slap back and forth between the walls and it's just it's really cool it's like being this crazy echo chamber well speak speak to el castillo and you said you actually uh, you should post a video too of the stairway when you clap in front of the stairway you said it was the first sound recorder because it basically the echo that it gives you back is not your clap. It actually sounds like the like a sacred bird, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. No, that's right. Um, and that's one of the things that I thought was truly incredible as a musician um, being uh, and I didn't expect to to realize the richness of this of this one little uh, or one you know spectacular feature um, that you have to be present for. Uh, at Chichen Itza. like you can't just see pictures of it and experience this like so what you do is you stand in front of the main pyramid which is called El Castillo and um, there's all these steps that go up the top uh, and I don't I forget the exact number but there's hundreds of steps to go up the side and the way that the that the pyramid is slanted and the way the steps are created when you create a clap what's happening is it is echoing over all the steps because it's at the right angle. Wow. And then what happens is because of the way that sound travels, right? Um, the higher pitched part of it actually travels faster than the lower frequencies. And so when they finally slap against the rock and go up the steps and then come back at you so that you can hear it in an echo, 
it sounds like a, a chirp that is higher pitch at the start and then has like a, a, a tail end that's darker. And it sounds like the call of a bird. And it's the, uh, it's the Quetzal bird, which is, which was very sacred for them. So there's, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that they actually designed and engineered these buildings in order to recreate the sound of this sacred bird that, by the way, did not exist in the general location where they built this place. So there's some thoughts that this is one of the earliest sound or one of the earliest instances of sound recording. That well, you make that sound, you clap with your hands, and then it makes the bird chirp. Well, I've seen, I've seen the video, and it is weird. And what I want to know is, like, how did they know that? How many pyramids did they have to build before they figured out how this, the sound was right? You Seriously. Know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole thing about, you know, why what you know part of what makes the Mayans so incredible to us, too, now are things like the Mayan calendar. Like, how were they able to know these celestial events, these this uh, astronomy? It, it's, it's only through years and years of observation and testing. So you're probably right. You know, they tried many different types of stuff. In fact, there's other pyramids not far away, generally, from where this place is, too. They're like, damn it, that sounds like a cow. Bob, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> That seems like that'd be a good far side comic. Remember that? that? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it could totally be a far side comic. Well, I was lucky enough. I think I was one of the last people, the last few years where you could actually climb up El Castillo, and I went to the top where where they did the human sacrifice. But once again, oh, wow. I, but once again, I was too in awe. That's when I could actually walk up a bunch of stairs. That's that's how long ago right. it was. But I, I was so in awe of the history, I didn't really get any any weird vibes. And like I said, maybe it was because it was like a thousand or fifteen hundred years previous where this stuff happened. I have been places more recently that I got weird vibes from that could not possibly have been from ancient Mayans. Do you want me to drop one of those stories on you? Yeah, I mean, how recent are we talking? This was this was probably around two thousand three or two thousand two was when I moved from St. Louis to St. Charles, where I live now. So I I know we say we're from St. Oh, okay. Louis, but St. Charles is a suburb of St. Louis. Yeah, lay it on me, man. Now we were shopping for houses, and anybody from the area knows that West Alton is like a floodplain, basically, and that's where we were looking for a house. I don't think we were seriously considering buying it, but our real estate agent was like, hey, you want to look at a house? I'm like, yeah, let's just go look at a bunch of houses. Now, before you go, like, I, I want to mention, like, you know, geographically to, to St. Louis, where we both grew up, Alton is, is, you know, not far away over the river in Illinois. But this is a town, by the way, J-Mac, that is known for, like, you know, hauntings and things. So this is going to be an interesting story. Well, we get into the house, and immediately on walking in, I'm I'm kind of uneasy. I can't really def- define it. There's a smell in the house, which I'm assuming is, it's probably been flooded at some point. Um, but it really got weird when when they started to show us the bedrooms because we walked down the hallway, and the walls are painted, no joke, almost blood red. What? Really dark red, like blood stain red, not like fresh blood, blood, but blood stain red. Wow. And I looked at my lady and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't like this house. She goes, well, let's just finish. She's like, I don't like it either. We kind of whispered to each other, but let's just finish seeing it. So every room was very boxy and painted. It was almost all painted blood red. It was really creepy. So we go to the back bedroom and this is where one of two things that made me go, nope, I got to get out of here. 
there was a, there was a room and there was a tiny little bathroom like in in the room with it but it was like it was almost just a toilet with a sink and it, you couldn't even really get in and out of it and there was yeah. a there was a a TV stand like a shelf up in the corner like you'd seen a hospital room Whoa, that's weird like either one had a TV in their bathroom no, like it, bath? no, I'm I'm sorry, it wasn't in the bathroom, but the bathroom creeped me out. But in the in the bedroom proper, there was a oh. it was mounted. It was like it was like like a tiny little TV. And the only thing I could think was either somebody that was sick that couldn't get out of bed, or there yeah. were surveillance cameras. Interesting, because it was the size of like a small TV, which you would think either somebody's not doesn't have enough money to buy an actual TV, or they've got a security camera on the property, which was really strange. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because this is a time period where, you know, TVs were pretty commonplace already. Yeah, I mean, even, this, even this flat this, screens were getting cheap, right? This would have had to been like a 13 inch or something very small, unless there was something else sat yeah. up there. I, I mean, I don't know what else it would have been. It was like in the corner, like so that somebody in a bed right next to the bathroom. That's why I mentioned the bathroom because the bathroom was like somebody was literally two steps from the bathroom watching TV. It was really weird. Yeah, it's weird. But the second thing that definitely sealed sealed it is I this is not a place I want to be anymore. We go to the basement. Completely empty house. No no furniture in it. In the basement, there's a weight bench. Nothing else in the basement but a weight bench. And a open shower. Like a shower mounted on on the concrete wall with a drain and a little like curb to uh. keep the water in. And I'm like, what is go? What I, I'm just like, what is going on here? Somebody is an invalid or has security cameras, but they can't be an invalid if they're downstairs working out. And like, just the shower was almost like I could see somebody, you know, rinsing yeah. off body. It was, dude, it was, it was scary. It thing. scared me. It scared me. And and I get out and we get in the car and my lady goes, nope. And I said, did you feel that? And there she goes, oh yeah. She's like, something jacked up happened in there. So I don't know. Right. I don't know if it's my imagination, the combination of the blood red, yeah. And, but I felt bad vibes in there. And my lady and me are not what you would call superstitious people. And we both were like, "Let's get the hell out of here." I get that, man. I I lived in uh, Denver, Colorado for a while, and I had something similar happen. You're uh, laughing. You're laughing at me. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> You're man. laughing at me. No, no, I get it, right? Like, I get it. Like, um, it's not like I think that that would be a creepy vibe, especially if you don't know exactly why that's there. No, Dude, I get it. Why was there a weight bench in the middle of the basement? No other furniture anywhere in the house, but a weight bench. It was like some guy would chop up bodies and then pump iron to like psych himself up to go kill somebody. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so you're imagining this is like the the lair of the Buffalo Bill of all. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It was it was freaky, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, I, I guess Stop it's laughing. not impossible. Stop laughing. I, no, dude. I think Alton's <laughs> a weird place, right? <laughs> I've I've been on ghost tours through Alton. Ooh, it, it has like all this kind of history of like unexplained things. You know, I, you know, I stay open to it. I think it's interesting. I I had a similar type of experience where it's something you just don't know why it adds up, right? Yeah. You're like, okay. I think it's probably better to just say it feels weird and there's nothing that i'm gonna lose by leaving so let's just leave yeah let's right? just go let's 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 right. head for the door i had one of those there's this there's this spot like right outside of denver close to the foothills 
um, where there's this old homestead that's been preserved since like the pioneer days, right? Oh, cool. On this, on this property, there's a barn and this barn for people that grew up in the area. And this just could be folklore. Okay. But there's a legend that this barn is haunted. So naturally I went to go investigate it. Naturally, naturally. Just, you know, just a few times. And I was there uh, with my cousin and we were um, walking around. Uh, It was late at night. The only light that was around was from the moon. And the the moon was pretty bright that night. Um, And it's pretty wide open field around the barn. And there's all these stories about people seeing things from the window. But uh, we didn't see anything for sure. Um, But there was this moment where it seemed like everything suddenly got really quiet. Um, which is kind of weird because there's a highway that's not too far from this place. So it wasn't like you, you didn't hear like, you know, anything around there. There's yeah. just not a lot of people around. So it gets kind of quiet and we kind of hear the feel weird all out of, out of the blue. And I hear some coyotes, which was uncommon. And that just kind of like, okay, well, the, you know, it sets off my spidey senses, probably going back to, you know, caveman days in our, uh, lower brains sure, or sure sure i get it <laughs> but then we're like you know what i think we just need to go and i'm like as we walk away i'm more and more i'm like we, we really do need we need to go. We, we you know what that reminds me of yeah it reminds me of that scene in paranormal activity the first one you know the movie i'm talking about oh yeah where where they where they call the exorcist in and he comes in the house and he goes Oh, you've made it angry. I gotta leave. And they're like, no, 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 no. And he's like, no, I gotta get out of here. That's what that's what it kind of that's my favorite part of the movie when the exorcist is like, Oh, you've made it extremely angry. There's nothing yeah, I can scary. do for you. Yeah, because right? it starts to make your your creative mind go. Yeah. And you like, what if something is real? Uh before I left, I took a picture of the barn. Um, and later I went in and like enhanced it, you know, like pumped up like the contrast. And it just creeped me out because we could almost make out what we thought we saw with this face of this old man coming towards me. <laughs> but at the same time, if you're looking for that stuff, you might see it. But I will say that that space, for whatever it is, um, there's been a couple times that I've been there at night. And it always kind of gives you a, a creepy vibe. So there is that happening. <laughs> well, I mean, we we can't. We can't overestimate, or I should say underestimate, the power of imagination in this. I mean, I'm not saying I necessarily believe, well, I don't believe there was, uh, well, I should say I hope there wasn't a serial killer in that house I went into. I don't think there was. But imagination coupled with weird sensations, I don't know, I, this is what, this is what my wife told me. She goes, she goes, I feel like somebody was an invalid for a long time and died in that house. And I would I yeah. would be more inclined to agree with that that there was suffering attached to that house whether it was inflicted by nature or somebody probably like an illness where somebody literally couldn't get out of bed except for one or two steps to get to the toilet and then they just climb back into their bed and watch TV all day. Sure. I mean that's that's probably you know um the most likely thing that could come out of that situation it's you know maybe you've heard the phrase occam's razor it's like a little like buzz thing that i like to keep in the in the forefront of my mind when i'm thinking about this type of stuff and basically occam's razor is the idea that whatever the simplest solution for something is is the most likely solution yes i've heard that before i've heard that yeah well let's move on to some places with some good vibes wait before we do i got a story for you i have to share okay no keep on going brother 
Yeah, so this is one of those things where it was a weird vibe. And this just happened last week. Okay, okay. I, I have not heard this story yet. No, this is a good one. Okay, so 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 here's what it is. So so where I live out here in in uh, Los Angeles, I live I live pretty close to um, to some hills, and you know it's a, it's a, like the whole terrain out here, which I don't think I knew before I lived here or started visiting here a lot, um, has a lot of rolling hills, and houses are built up the side of them, like all over the whole um, you know section of 15 million people in Los Angeles, and where I live. I live on a lower part, but I go on these walks um, up these hills and I kind of, you know, snake uh, back on these winding roads. And there's all these houses like really close together. If you've ever watched a show that takes place in L.A., you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. And I was walking at night and I'm going around. I'm, I'm going up a hill where there's a tight turn in the road coming up. And where I was, uh, there was a, a bunch of trees that were casting a shadow from the moonlight in the road. Um, and when I got close to it, I, I, I actually had headphones on and I was, you know, listening to some music. So I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't a, probably a terrible way to walk around here, but I was doing that. And all of a sudden I just stopped before I got to the shadow. Like all of a sudden just something, I knew something was off and it was really surprising and alarming. I wasn't even thinking about anything sure. like that. I was absorbed in the music sure. and I stopped. I was like, something's out of place here. And I looked up in the shadow and I thought I saw a leg move in the shadow. Oh, uh, freaking me this, out. This is in the middle of the road. Nope. And nope. and I was like, whoa. I'm taking I'm <laughs> taking like, my shaky ass back down the hill the other direction. <laughs> right. And I and I, I stopped and I, I just looked for a minute. I was like, what am I looking at here? And it's like, is that a person? Cause there's been some, some weird stuff that happens from time to time around here, but you know, usually it's pretty quiet. And I, was, I saw it move and it wasn't a person. I was like, Oh, that's a coyote. Oh, and what, here's, here's something that people don't know. Maybe unless if you live out here, coyotes are a real um, threat to small animals out here. Like we have to um, really protect our little small dog that we have when we take him for walks because people get their pets snatched, snatched right out of their hand out here. It's, it's no lie. Like you'll be walking down the street and a coyote will run out of nowhere and take the little dog away. It's crazy. Um, they're just doing what coyotes do. Yeah. Um, but you know, you have to be careful. And usually they're not interested in people. So I'm staring down this coyote and I think it was surprised that I saw it because it thought it was hidden, but there was just something, the vibe in where I was, was weird. And so I watched this coyote. I was like, well, you know, I just, you know, it's not a big deal to me. I'm just going to turn around. I'll just let it do its coyote thing. And I'm like, yeah, keep walking. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to so win. Around. The, What's that? I'm not <laughs> trying to win the marble man of the year award or whatever. No, I'm not trying to win it. Yeah, yeah, at, at all. So I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just keep walking the other way. But then it starts following me. Oh, hell. And I'm like, no, that's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. So I no. turned around <laughs> and I looked it right in the face and I put my arms out to my side to make myself look huge yeah, and started yeah, whipping my arms yeah. and made the weirdest noise I could think of at the time, which was, <laughs> And that coyote like was like, oh, hell no. And like turned around and started taking off down the road. And so then that just made me even more bold. And I started waving my hands like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's taken off. I started running at it. And then I thought, I was like, whoa, whoa, I need to stop. Because there's like 10 houses right yeah, here. Yeah, somebody's going to see you, <laughs> dumbass. 
imagine someone looking out their front window, <laughs> dude, running down the road. <laughs> They're probably like, "Oh, it's a coyote." <laughs> but but you're onto something here, though, dude. Uh, all your antics aside, you felt something before you walked into that shadow. No, no, no. Maybe it was your instinct. Your some back your caveman instinct telling you it's a dark road, it's a dark patch, and your radar went up. But maybe you felt a predator. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, sure, you're not going to be killed yeah. by a coyote. No, and they don't usually care. But you know, if it's hungry enough, I thought maybe you might try to take a finger. <laughs> like, no. Nope. Well, well <laughs> I we both grew up in North County, and and yeah. in a not a really great neighborhood, and there were dogs that I didn't want to mess 100%. with. Yeah, so I could see that. So maybe you did pick on a, up on a vibe. I don't know. It's it's. It, I would like to have a video of you doing that to the poor coyote. <laughs> Probably went back and told all his buddies. There's this crazy human out there. He's got huge wings. It's probably out on Reddit anyway. But I didn't even realize somebody's got it on their security cam. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I would love to see that. Okay, now uh, we're was, now we're going to move dark. on to good vibrations, like places yeah. with good memories. I've got two. One of them is actually right here in the bunker. I spent okay. I spent countless hours with my best friend, Adam Schumer, who died in 2016, May 4th, 2016. And we did podcasting down here, and not just podcasting, but hanging out, drinking beers. He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. I spent so many hours with him, and you can, you can see the bunker behind me. He Jenna Fisher was not here when he was here, so he would have loved that. <laughs> Um, but my fun. skateboards, my Lord of the Rings, my Star Wars toys, my Tom Selleck poster, my guitars, my amps, everything. You, you've been down here. It's. I mean, yeah. I remember. I remember uh, your girlfriend saying it was very overwhelming. She said she felt like she could spend like three days down here and not find everything. It's true, but she loved it. It's like a good vibe, you know. There's a, there's something to look at wherever you turn, and it's not just a hodgepodge. Like it's curated. Well, and and I I can say that she picked up on the good vibes too. She she felt the friend the friendliness the friendship. Right. Only friends were ever allowed down here. People that I don't like, I don't have in my house for one thing. But people, this is like this is like the inner sanctum. If if I really like you, you're down here with me. Um, That's cool. And so I like to feel I like to feel like even even say we move out of this house years from now, wherever. The next person comes in this room completely undecorated. They're like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like to think, I don't know why, but I, I like this room. It's nothing, there's it. nothing special about it. In fact, it doesn't even have a drop ceiling. But it, there's just so many good memories and good vibes in here that I would like to think that there's a memory. There's memory in these walls. I think so, too. You know, um, I, I want to say we talked about that a little bit on another episode, just for a brief moment. I think we did. And yeah, you know, so here's kind of how I think about that. Uh, even from like, you know, let's take like for a second, a scientific approach, because I think there's a lot of things that happen in our, what we call the natural world that we just don't know how to observe yet. That's I why agree. we have a lot of room for these things. I agree. Right. Well, here's what we know. If we send out a radio signal into space. Um, it will go forever. If we send a laser into space, that light will go forever. Um, if we go into, I was in, a, a, you know, about this time last year, I was just coming back from from London, which was a, an, just an amazing experience to be there. And uh, we went to Westminster Abbey while we were there. And 
stood inside like you know it was the first time i'd been in this massive cathedral of you know that everybody knows sure and it's been around for you know hundreds you know of years over a thousand years i think like kings and queens you know there's coronations for kings that have happened in this place there's um just an incredible number of just people that are are buried there like Jeffrey Chaucer is buried there and Queen Mary of Scots and like these kings and queens of lore they do concerts there with the with the choir and it was just this interesting thing to be in this spot and know that people attach significance to this place but just hearing it bounce around yes and so what if like what if we just can't listen to it but like those sound waves just keep bouncing off those walls um and stays in that space and just kind of like absorbs maybe some energy into the walls not even being in a new age thing we know that energy transfers into things we know that what if we just can't measure it yet and but there's some sense in our bodies for whatever reason that picks up on these things it's possible well what is sound but vibration Exactly. Yeah. Sound is vibration. And that leads me into my second place that I feel like I don't I don't know that I'll ever be, I don't I doubt I'll ever be able to go to this place again because it's not owned by the same guy again. But the room where I spent hours training sitar. That room, the minute I walked into that room, it was it was a it was a strange house. It was like there was a walk walkout basement and there was a fireplace and. My teacher, Imrat Khan, would always sit in front of the fireplace. Like, it wasn't lit, but he would sit in front of it. And we'd sit on the floor. Sometimes more than one of us, we would sit on the floor with our sitars. And he would say, do your exercises. And he, he would give us scales. And we'd just, just run up and down the scales. And, and, and then a lot of times afterwards, it was not uncommon afterwards for him to go, either him or his wife, and cook. And then right across the room where we were playing music, there was a table, and we would sit and eat his homemade Indian food. So oh you, my God. so you've got you've got the vibrations of the sound vibrating all around that room. You've got the smells of just unbelievably good Indian food. Yeah, the aura in that place. I guarantee you that if I went back to that house today, I would I would probably tear up. I would probably tear up. And you yeah. could you could just chalk it up to the memory of that space, but you can't tell me that the vibrations of that sound, those sitars, those subahars, those Indian instruments. In fact, um, I actually got to watch Imrat Khan and two of his sons have a jam session upstairs in the main level. That's you, really special. You can't, man. and I, I I was so stupid. I didn't realize how special it was at the time. But now I look back, I'm like, I was watching world class musicians, just. Noodle around, warm yeah. up, warm up for their concert. You can't tell me that doesn't leave a mark. Like they said, that's going to leave a mark. That leaves a mark. <laughs> and then the smell, the smell I, of Indian completely. cooking and the, yeah. the sandalwood, the sandalwood incense, dude, unbelievable, unbelievably magical time in my life. I wish I could live it over again. I go back and forth whether or not I should have kept doing sitar, but. That room, I guarantee if I went into into it today, I would feel the same. I would feel I would feel him in that room. I would feel my teacher in that room. Okay, so uh you know what I think is really amazing about your story is um if you really think about it, there was there's some pretty incredible things happening in that space that you were. Yes. And you're in that room and you're making music which is causing sound waves to reverberate off the walls. Okay. 
And I'm just going to take a real quick pause here because there's something about music that once I learned this maybe 10 years ago, it just really astonished me um, from a scientific level what's happening with music. And I'm going to go into like some quantum physics here. So, so don't, don't check out <laughs> quantum physics. Basically what that means is like it's observing the universe and reality on a very small scale. So through microscopes, um, the Large Hadron Collider allows them to smash uh, atoms. I might be saying that wrong, but it, but but allows them on, um, to to study and observe pieces of the building blocks of the universe on a microscopic level. Yeah, I get smaller what you're, than I get what you're saying, right? And I, I just I'm just kind of explaining it for like our for our listeners because like I think that there's a a, a misconception sometimes that quantum physics is you have to be like a super scientist to understand this thing. And, and really it's just trying to discover and reverse engineer what we all experience every day. Sure. Right. So on a microscopic level, there's actually more space between the matter that makes us up. There's actually more room in between the atom and the protons and the neutrons. There's more nothingness between anything solid than there is something solid, which is a real mind trip by itself that's that, that you blew my mind that's crazy it's crazy <laughs> yeah that's gonna cause some nightmares right no but so when we're making music we're sending sound waves out because i'm playing my guitar and the sound waves are coming off of my strings and they're moving back and forth and that sound travels out to you so that you can hear it in your ears as the listener but what else is happening is those sound waves are passing through the molecules of your body and really everything around in the room. And it's actually affecting them and causing them to slightly move. So this is just the power of music. Maybe some point we'll talk about that on a, on a deeper scale, you know? Uh, but I think what's happening is you're making music and Indian music is designed to cause those vibrations. Yes, exactly. Like it's designed around that. Right. So you're spending that time learning these things. And then you go into the next room and you have food and you have community, you know, community together, good vibes. You're probably telling a couple jokes and smiling, and just having a good time. Doesn't that seem like that could just seal all that up into something that you know probably sticks around? Absolutely. And I actually, he actually moved to a different house <clears throat> before he passed. And that house, I have good memories in there too. I didn't really do much practicing in that house because at that point I'd moved on to other things, and I I do regret that, but. It is what it is, but you're right. And even at the other house, I remember he we would go over and he would make Indian food and we'd just talk. And he was a big Game of Thrones fan, which was hilarious to me, this old Indian guy, big Game of Thrones fan. Here's one of the things that I can that I can tie in the vibrations to that will actually make sense for some people that may be not, not getting it. Okay, Indian music is definitely... It's about vibrations. It's about frequency. It's about time of day. It's about harmony with nature and harmony with those around you and things like that. If you if you listen to certain ragas, they will make you feel sleepy or peaceful because the notes. It, I can't explain it. They're 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 designed that way but there's other ragas that frequencies right it's like it's the tones they they pick to vibrate certain frequencies but there's also ragas that will make you feel unsettled uneasy anxious 
Now, now they those feelings might resolve themselves in the end, but but I was telling you about a raga that Imrat played that had a really strange vibe, and I never understood why it made me feel anxious. It, it's his performance is beautiful, but it's not one that I would get out a lot. But they never go back to the root note. They intentionally skip the root note, which is the main hmm, of Indian music. They never go back to it. So it's always on teetering on the edge of completion, but it never finishes. And once I understood that about the raga, I was like, that's why that that raga makes me feel kind of edgy because it never goes where you think it's going to go. It never fit, has that finishing move, as they say. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a technique that gets used a lot in Hollywood. Um, the same type of principles, because there's like, we should actually do, we could do an entire show just on like how different frequencies and notes like bring out different emotions for and like different like uh, intervals, just like bring out different emotions. But I know for a fact that composers like Hans Zimmer um, does this a lot for his movies uh, when he's scoring them. There's like certain... Um, like notes like let's say you went from like your your root note to a fifth yes like that note can make you feel a certain way or like a minor sixth could be really sad or you know like when you hear like a major seventh chord and I'm, i i know you know maybe not not everybody that listens is going to get the the theory side of this but just know that like different ways that uh, that the notes are assembled kind of get these terminologies of of different like major sevenths minor sevenths but there's a certain sound like i bet you if you know regardless of whether you're a musician or not if you went and listened to some of your favorite songs and then you went and looked up like you know what are the chords in this you would find the ones that make you feel really happy are usually major chords yep the ones that make you feel sad are usually like minor chords and the way that these things kind of work in and out um, can make you feel certain ways. That's why when you see a scary movie, there's a certain sound to that music, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that's incredible. Um, I love the fact about Indian classical music or, or traditional music um, that they pay attention and are intentional with those frequencies and those chords to cause um, certain emotions in certain environments. It's awesome. It's pretty mind-blowing. And, and I will say this, to kind of wrap it up into what we were talking about. If music, which is vibrations, can move you so emotionally, if there are there vibrations we can't hear, something like the coyote, something about your senses, something that you're feeling you can't put a finger on, that could be the reason that good and bad vibes exist in certain places. We just, we don't have a measure for it. Like if I say play, play a C note, you can play a C note and the vibrations will go out. There may right. be, there may be vibrations out there attached to the memories of certain places that we don't have a way to quantify and define, which is why we get creeped out and weirded out or made happy or feel loved or embraced as a friend. I mean, just for you, you came down here in the bunker. What was your yeah. what was your first feeling upon coming down here when you settled uh, in? I mean, um, absolutely, it felt like a like a warm, welcoming vibe. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, I in some cultures that might be called you know feng shui, but there's a whole set of rules for that too. Yeah, that revolves around creating an environment, but definitely 
Do you know what I think was interesting? What's cool about going on and hanging in the bunker? And every time I get a chance to come to St. Louis, you know, we hang out and I get a chance to come down the bunker and hang out. Right. And to me, it really captures it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, an accentuation of who you are as a person. Right. Like I could tell that everything is thoughtful and it's just warm and welcoming and inviting, you know, which is what you want when you're going to hang out and like joke around and have fun. Right. Yeah. I it's mean, not, it is not an emo room, J-Mac. It is a fun room. No, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at Cartman. I got a stuffed Cartman over here. There's the sign that I stole from your school that says no skateboarding allowed. I think I showed that to you when you guys were down nice. here. Um, there's I've got the Simpsons box set. VHS, three different box sets that Adam got at the. I see. I see an old skateboard um, on the wall behind you. Is that one of your old boards? That has actually never been skated. It's a Ray Barbie reissue. It's got the cockroach wheels. There's cockroaches actually on the bottom of the wheels. I've never rolled the wheels. Nice, dude. That's a whole other thing we have to talk about at some point. Is skateboarding. We will, we will, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you felt the welcoming vibe because I said, like I said, yeah. so many, so many good memories happened down here, and there's, a, there's a bit of melancholy down in here for me when I'm down here by myself because I, I've got, you can't see it, but over here, Adam's chair, where you, yeah. where are we sat, he broke it and refused to get a new one, so I can't, nobody can use it because <laughs> the spring is broken, so if you sit on it, you'll just completely fall off. So, dude, well, think about this too. Like for for me, when I go down there, there's a lot of vibes. Um, thinking back to like you know our beginnings, um, of you know, and you actually even have you've preserved in the museum there of the bunker some of the OG, the original recording gear that I know that we used that he used for the stuff that you did with like your your radio show at the time. And there's those vibes there. I totally like pick up on that. I feel like we could be like recording with two tape decks and a mixing board right there in your bunker. And it would right? still be Not great. I'm looking, I'm looking at the tape deck that uh I believe I believe I think I think it was chainsaws and whoopee cushions was made on. I've still got that. It still works. I'm looking at the boom box that I used to bring up to your school with all the stickers on it. You saw that when you were down here. Didn't you? The, oh, yeah. The Magnavox boombox. Yeah. I actually, I actually sure. should take it down to uh, Alpha Tech and have them replace their motors in it and get it working again. Oh, you got to. Or at least convert it into Bluetooth or something, dude. Because, like, yeah, that I remember that boombox. I was, like, I coveted that boombox. It still like, sounds good. It, it still sounds good. And like I said, I'm, look, I'm looking I'm looking at Adam's, my, my late friend Adam's, his beer, his cuss. He would get these these beer bottles like five six bucks for one bottle bottle of beer and he would it was like what do they call it microbrew or whatever <laughs> and he would save them so if i ever want to clone adam he's on those things i've got all these toys i'm telling you there's vibes down here and i feel it and sometimes it gets sometimes it's like right now it's a little much i'm kind of overwhelmed by all the vibrations and all the feelings and memories coming from all this stuff yeah, man. But but it's uh, but we're always making new ones, and it's it's cool. Even though you're not here physically, yeah. you're here in spirit, and I feel like what we're doing here is important, and it's fun, and I'm so happy to be doing this with you. And me too, man. And it's it's just really cool to to be reunited after all these years. I completely agree. I just, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, one of the most incredible things that's happened in my life for the last few years is um, you reconnecting and 
and uh, and just working on you know probably some of the best work of my life you know so i think it's good i think you're right i think that there's some vibes i'm not going to question it too hard and uh you know hopefully uh this podcast going out there creates some good vibes for our listeners and i hope everybody is is having a great day in this crazy new year let's hope that things continue to improve and uh you know let's hope you know it can be a, a better thing than what it's been before so good vibes well you know, said possible, send them out send them out send them out to the syndication to spotify iTunes. <laughs> you know what i'm saying send out the good vibes well said for two <laughs> tape decks and a mixing board i'm jay mac and i'm sam wade saying stay, stay cosmic, cosmic.